But I want to go straight to the scripture today, Second uh, Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1, we started a new series last week called Legacy, and today I want to follow it up and continue on this journey. Second Timothy chapter 1, uh, the book of First and Second Timothy are two of my personal favorites, and uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Let's read. Second Timothy 1 verse 1 through 7, it says, this letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. For I've been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. Sometimes when I read that, I wonder, is it for the people he's writing it to to know this, or is it for a reminder for himself? You know what I'm saying? He, he had to write it so that he will remember it. He says, verse 2, I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son, May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Come on, who's in the house and needs some grace, mercy, and peace today? He says, Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. And I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, or like we say in Louisiana, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, which is another Louisiana name. So they're Cajun right here. Timothy was Cajun. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. Say strong. strong. Say strong like you're really strong. strong. That first one was pretty weak. Got to be strong. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Another version says a sound mind. That's good. Today I'm going to speak a message entitled Legacy Pieces. Legacy Pieces. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. There's something you want to say to us. So we open our ears, we open our heart, we open our mind to hear your word, not just the words of a preacher, but the word of your spirit. And I ask you to speak beyond our distractions today. Speak beyond all the things that we think it needs to be so we can hear what you created it to be, the plans that you have. Thank you, Lord. I ask you to use me. Help me, Lord, to deliver this message the way I heard it from you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever encountered someone who... Um, and, and you just assumed, oh, they got it all together. You know what I'm saying? You just look at them, and, 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 and obviously, if you just look at their social media page, it's obvious they got it together, right? <laughs> um, and they, they have this appearance that they are just so confident all the time. Like nothing shakes them. Uh, they have it all together. They got success. Uh, and it literally looks like they do not have a problem. Anybody knows somebody that looks like that? You know what I'm saying? And like, we know that's a trap because everybody's got issues. But for some reason, there's that person. And, and, and what's, what's even more frustrating about them to us is everything they do, they make it look easy. 
Am I right? Got 43 kids and they make it look like they got none. Am I right? They work all the time. Their jobs are so demanding. They just, oh, it's just a job. It's not a big deal. And, and they just have this whatever it is, man. And, and, and my question is, who do these people think they are? Right? Who do you think you are? Um, I think a better question is, why are we drawing those conclusions? Whatever they're projecting, that's their problem. But why are we drawing those types of conclusions about people because their appearance or their online presence or, or, or just the way they walked into the room leads us down this trail to believe that they don't have a single problem. And then we go into the comparison game where, well, I just don't have it as good as they do. And if they had it as bad as me, they would go through what I go through too. Isn't it crazy how our minds can so quickly go to that? I'm not talking to anybody today. Like, what is wrong with us? Like, we got a problem with them, and really we need to be saying, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I going down that rabbit hole so quickly to think those different things? And just because you see a person in public doesn't mean that you really know what's going on in private in their lives. Because some people, they're struggling privately, but they get themselves together to make public appearances. And that's not, that's not because they're not authentic. That's just because they want to look good and they want to present themselves in a way that no one's going to feel sorry or sympathy for them because they're struggling. I'm not talking about faking it. I'm just talking about, I got to go y'all and I'm gonna look good when I go. Amen. Some of y'all like, pastor, I don't know how I want to hear this message today. Here's why I wanted to present that. Because a person would read the book of 1 and 2 Timothy, and they would just think, who's this Timothy guy? And how does he get a book of the Bible? Wait, how does he get two books of the Bible? Y'all coming with me? Like all these other people, like all these other books, like the book of Ephesians, that's a letter written to an entire church. Oh, and then there's that other guy, Titus. He just got one chapter, and it wasn't long. You know what I'm saying? James got like five chapters. Jude only got one. Who knows what was going on in his life? I ain't got none. You would look at Timothy and just think, well, this guy here, he gets two letters written from Paul and they publish it in the Bible. This guy's got no problems. Because why would you put him in such a place of honor and respect? You would just think, this guy has no problems. And in this letter, you get a quick glimpse into the life of Timothy, into the life of his family, and the heritage of his faith. And one would assume that a young leader of a church definitely has all of the right pieces in his life, all in place to reach this level of success. That's what we assume by reading this. Timothy's got to be great. He's got to have it all together. I mean, he's got a book of the Bible. We're going to name our kids Timothy. We're going to name our son Timothy. We'll call him Timmy for short. But that's little Tim. He's tiny Tim at Christmas. But it's Tim. Timothy. It's Tim. He's got all the right pieces. You would assume that. But when you study Timothy's life, you find out that he had some struggles that he had to, walk, that he had to work through. 
See, it's so easy to look at this and just say, oh, he's got it all together. But when you really look at who he is as a person and see where he came from, you begin to find out Timmy had some, Timmy had some struggles, y'all, that he had to work through. I know Cynthia's like, call him Timothy, please. Okay. I'll share a few of these things with you that you may have not been aware of. Um, Timothy's father was a Greek. And his mother was a Jew. Now, to you, that may not sound like a big deal, but if you were Jewish, you were supposed to marry Jewish. And to so many of us, when we think Jewish, we think religion. But Jewish is a race. And he married, she marries a Greek man. So the conclusion is that Timothy is biracial. I, I need y'all to feel the weight of where this begins with him. His father was not condoning any form of Judaism for his life, and it's proven because he wasn't circumcised as tradition with the Jewish faith as a child. He wasn't circumcised, so he lives a life where he doesn't fit in with either camp. He doesn't fit in with the Jews because he's not circumcised. He doesn't fit in with the Greeks because his mama's a Jew. Are you seeing the tension that started from the beginning? Within the first eight days of his life, the struggle has already begun for Timothy. His father wasn't a believer, so he didn't have that male-dominated spiritual influence in his life. In fact, some scholars believe that his father may have died before Timothy ever met Paul. Are you starting to see just real quick how some of the pieces are stacking up for young Timothy in his life before he's ever stepped into anything that the Lord has for him? There are some key pieces that are already in place in his life that makes this whole storybook that looked so great a minute ago begin to realize, we begin to realize this dude here, he came from some stuff. And it started early. This started early in his life. His mother and his grandmother, this is what's so cool, they converted to Christianity on Paul's first mission to Lystra. Traveling preacher coming through. No matter how you feel about him, can I tell you, the Lord will use him. And so his grandmother and his mother come to know the Lord, and they become believers in their hometown. And they're known to be a strong influence on his faith. And so even though he didn't have all the pieces exactly in place, the Lord was working in his family. Can I get an amen? The Lord was working in his family. And his mother and his grandmother come to know the Lord, and they have this strong influence on his faith. From uh, observations throughout First and Second Timothy, these letters that Paul is writing to Timothy, we can conclude that Timothy had some fears. And some insecurities. We just read it in verse 7. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's obvious that he, he's got some challenges because he's a young leader. And his age, it, 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 can I tell you, it's hard to be a young person leading someone who's older than you. It's, it's a challenge. And young Timothy is in this position where he has to lead people who are older than him. We also see that he had health issues. Because Paul tells him, hey, have a little wine for your stomach. It's, it'll do you some good. He had some health issues. He struggled with being a young leader, especially to those older than him. And these were the pieces of his life. 
These are all the different pieces. There were some missing pieces in there. There were some broken pieces in there. There were some lost pieces in there. But we see how they all turned out to be legacy pieces in his life. It would, it would not, that's not the way I would script it. That's not the way that I would do it. I think we need, I would think we need to arrange it a little bit better and create more of a problem-free upbringing to bring him to this level of success so that he can have the ultimate example to other people. But the Lord chose to use some broken, some missing, and some lost pieces in his life to put him in a place to be much more than just a leader in the church, but to be an example to be a voice, to be a leader, to be someone whose life is worth imitating rather than just content from somebody you don't even know, but they got a bunch of likes and a bunch of followers. Come on, somebody. It was a life that was worthy of being followed. You learn that even when your life is in pieces, God has a way of putting together the pieces. I'll drop the verse on you. You knew it was coming. Romans 8, 28. I want to read it out the amplified version because it spells it out a little bit. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, watch this, causes all things to work together as a plan. He causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose, according to his plan and purpose. And I want to take a few minutes today to talk about putting together the pieces. Putting together the pieces. And this is the first thing I want you to know. That God has a plan for all of your pieces. I don't feel like you heard that as well as I wanted you to hear it. God has a plan for all your pieces. And this is a challenge for us because some of us, we want some of those pieces to go away. We want some of those pieces to become forgotten pieces. Come on, get an, can I get an amen from somebody who got a little history? We got, some forgot, we got some pieces that we want to be forgotten. And I realized that one of the things that we, we love to do, we really, really love to do, is make plans for our lives. We got a lot of folks that are, are, are into planning, plan, plan, plan. And I'll mess with you a little bit today. I'm not trying to tell you not to plan. I just want to mess with your plans a little bit today. But what happens when you make all these plans and there are some pieces that you didn't expect that don't always fit in with your plans? Like you already planned out your week this week. You didn't take into the fact and the, the, the idea that there might be some pieces of your week that may occur that may interfere with the plans that you have already made. And it will stress you out because that wasn't part of the plan, but you don't have any say-so because that piece you got to take care of. And I, I've been trying to find a way for years, y'all, and, and, and March will be 25 years I've been in the ministry. I've been trying to figure out how to say this for 24 and three quarters of a year. And I think I figured out how to say it. Okay, I'm going to try it today. Our idea of a plan 
is more like a prepackage. I want y'all to come with me on this journey. It has all of the pieces and a clear, distinctive plan. Can I get an amen from a planner up in here? Okay, baby, I need this little package right here. Okay, because I got to show you this. I can't just tell you because y'all won't believe me. Okay, but I want to show you this. I got a prepackage right here. Prepackaged, Captain America. It's prepackaged. And there is a plan in here with all of the pieces that are necessary to fulfill this plan. Now, you still got to work it. I know, you still got to work it, but all of the pieces are in here. It has been prepackaged for your convenience. Can I get an amen? All of the pieces fit together the way they're supposed to fit together. And so as planners, this is what we got in mind. Right here. Don't mess with me. And because this is what we have in mind with our planning, which is just prepackaging, we, we tend to believe that this is how God does it. That God just throws this image in front of you and says, be this, do this. I'm going to lay it all out, and I'm going to drop all the perfect pieces in your life just at the right time for you to build this thing. It's going to be awesome, and you are going to be the man. You are going to be the woman. You are prepackaged, but you got it going on because this looks perfect. And it's crazy because we live in a world that there are no perfect people. But we assume because the image looks perfect, that everything was perfect in their life to accomplish this. And this is how we kind of roll. We got this package to choose from. I'm going to see what I'm going to do. Oh, here's another package. Oh, I like this side of the box better. That's better. That's better. Oh, wait a minute. I got another one. Batman. I'm Batman. Here we go. Here we go. That looks better. Let's go. Let's go. Just say, Pastor Wade, this message for kids. You need to. You need to make it a little more mature. How many times have we just looked at the different prepackages and said, "I think that's what I want to be one day. I think that's what I want my family to look like. I think that's how I want to be. I think that's the kind of business I want to have." And we look at all of these prepackages, and then we pray according to the package that we picked. Come on, just come with me on this journey. If you don't agree with me, you can just don't tell nobody. Watch it on YouTube after, okay? Just come with me on this, okay? Um, and the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I did it too. When I knew the Lord had called me into the ministry, I wasn't thinking about the kind of person he wanted me to be. I looked at the popular preacher and said, I just need to be like him. Prepackaged. I already saw a package, and all I wanted to do was imitate it. And God didn't create us to be imitators. He created us to be real. And I'm starting to realize, I think this is why people are so stressed out. Because there are some pieces in our lives that don't add up to this. Because it wasn't supposed to add up to this. Because this is an image. This isn't you. Come on, come, come with me on this. It's going to help you. This is an image of you. This isn't you. But you, you, you bought it. You bought into it. You see, you can buy Legos, but you can't buy a legacy. 
and I feel like, I just feel like, I just feel like we're buying into images of what we can be. And because we made such a hefty investment into it, come on, come with me. Because I made such a hefty investment into it, now I gotta become this or else I look like a failure. And I've told too many people this is what I was going to be. But then I start noticing there are some pieces that isn't adding up to that. And I'm not sure what to do with those pieces. And so I do my best to eliminate them from my life. But I can't eliminate all the pieces because some of those pieces are things that I broke. Some of those pieces are things that I have done. And so when you hear God's got a plan for all of your pieces, it's not a prepackaged plan that you came up with. It's his plan. Amen. It's his plan. And some of the things that you're trying to do with your life doesn't necessarily fit his plan. And that's where so much of the anxiety and the frustration is coming from because we wait till later down the road before we even ask God, hey, is this the way my life is supposed to go? The Lord said, well, you kind of took a wrong turn back then. Come on now. Do we understand that God's got our got a plan for us. You've heard that so many times, but can you understand that God has a perfect plan for you? Watch this. That is customized to the desires that he knows that are already in you that no job can ultimately fulfill, no career can ultimately fulfill. I got to tell you that because we will lead ourselves to believe that we're going to find the perfect job or we're going to find the perfect spouse, and then we're going to have the perfect kids that make all of these dreams come true. And in, in a prepackaged world, that is right. But we don't live in a prepackaged world. We live in a world with things called problems. We live in a world where we do some things that we should not have done, and there are consequences even though there is forgiveness for it. Amen? There are. I want to convince you today that God's got a good plan for a godly legacy for your life that is peaceful, even if you got a lot of pieces. It's peaceful, even though there might be pieces all over the place. It's a good plan. But the way God's works. The way he works is this. He gives you a peace. That's how he starts. He doesn't start with all this. Let's move the packages out the way. This is what he does. He gives you a peace. That's one piece. And then he gives you another piece. And then he gives you another and you have all these pieces and you're looking at them and you're trying to figure out what do all these pieces add up to? Come on, anybody come? Anybody know what I'm talking about now? Because Timothy had some pieces in play before he even stepped into what God had for him. But what if he was actually stepping into what God had for him all along and he just didn't realize it yet because God wasn't trying to create an image. He was trying to build Timothy into who God wanted him to be. And some of the struggles that he went through was necessary for the plan that God had for his life. And it doesn't mean that God isn't good. It just means that God's showing his goodness through the mess of a person's life. Amen. And in order to follow his plan, watch this, you get all these pieces, and how do you do this? Well, it takes faith. 
to put it together one piece at a time. Because here's, here's the deal. He's building us. He, 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 said, he said it like this. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But the problem is when we hear church, we think of this big old organization. We forgot that when he says I'm building my church, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. And because we have such a prepackaged idea of how God works, in order for us to believe him, we need to see the whole package before we even step. And God's not going to show you the whole package. You know what he's going to do? He's going to give you a piece. And you can have peace with a peace. But you're not guaranteed to have peace with the prepackaged plan. And this is where our world is coming off the rails because we thought this was going to give us the peace that we were finally looking for. Why are people stepping into great opportunities and still stressing out? Why is it the family that they planned to the T, the date they were going to be, all these different things, and they're still stressing out, don't have peace, don't know what we're going to do? It's because we're trying to build an image rather than fulfill the image of Christ that God's trying to transform us into. Are y'all hearing this today? He's trying to conform you into the image of Christ, not to look like Batman, but to look like Jesus. Amen? That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to become like Jesus. Here's the next point you got to hear. God can use pieces that you thought were useless. God can use pieces of your life that you thought were useless. I think about the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. He was beaten by his brothers because they were jealous of him because he had favor on his life. So they beat him. They threw him in a pit. Then they were worried their dad was going to find out, so they sold him into slavery. And you thought you had family issues going into Thanksgiving. This was his brothers. They beat him. Not bullying, beating. Threw him in a pit, a deep pit, deep enough he couldn't get out. Throw me in a pit, I'm getting out. Maybe Joseph was soft. I don't know. He had a missing piece in his life. I sold him into slavery. He was falsely accused by his master's wife. So he was thrown in prison. This is his story. And he says this, Genesis 50, verse 20. I love it. In the middle of prison, after all of these different pieces of his life, looks like it's just falling apart. And this guy had a dream. He had a dream, man. And his whole life seems to fall apart as soon as he says, I got a dream. This is what he says from that prison. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present outcome. <sighs> There's outcomes in your life right now that even though it looked like it was meant for evil, it's actually being turned around for your good. And this is how the outcomes are being produced. It's even being produced by the broken pieces of our lives. Come on. There are pieces of your life. I think about people who hurt you. I think about failures that we've experienced. I think about brokenness. I think about loss. And in the moments, we cannot see how in the world this can ever be helpful to us. 
Am I right? Like, Pastor Wade, are you endorsing brokenness? I'm not endorsing brokenness and loss and pain. What I am endorsing is that God can bring purpose into whatever situation may have hurt you and anything that may have broke you, anything you may have lost. God can fill those gaps. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what I need you to see, that God can take some of this stuff that's messed up and it actually can become an education for you that you couldn't have gotten anywhere else. That's what I'm trying to get you to see, that there is purpose in all of this stuff. Even though somebody made the decision to hurt you, even though someone made the decision, or even you made that decision that wasn't the right one, God can still turn it around for good. Amen? So what the devil meant for evil, God will what? Turn it around. Look at your neighbor and say, turn it around. You got to turn it around. Look at your other neighbor and say, turn around and say it to me. Turn it around. Turn it around. You got to turn it around. It's pieces of your life that make no sense. But he was building you. He was building you. We need some air conditioning on in here because I'm preaching and it's getting hot. Okay? I don't know if it's conviction or if I'm just fired up or all the above. Okay. There's pieces of your life that make no sense, but he was building you. He was building your faith. He was building your character. He was building your endurance. He was building your capacity to love. He was building something in you that would enable you to lead a group of people that couldn't be led by someone else. He was proving you. Amen? Sometimes we like to say, oh, I don't think it's good for initiative. God has been initiating you through some things to prepare you for the next season and the next level of your life that you have dreams for, but you don't know how to get there. You thought you could buy it. God's just building you, man. God has been unfolding plans for your life, and you didn't even know it. You didn't know it. Because in your mind, all you have is the prepackaged plan. And some of us, we're a little bit further down the road than when we started with the prepackaged plan, and we feel like our life doesn't mean anything because I'm a failure. I missed it. If I could go back, we got all the regrets. If I could go back, I would do this and I would do that different. You would probably do some other stuff too. Trust me, you didn't get it right the first time. Second time around, you might do it wrong again. Just a different set of decisions. God can use pieces that you thought were loosest. Useless. Here's number three. God takes broken lives and creates beautiful legacies. He takes broken lives and he creates beautiful legacies. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author of our faith. The author. The author is the one who's writing the story. And the one who brings it to its goal. He's the author, and he's the one that brings it to its goal. God can take the pieces and put them together and create something that you'll look at and say, how? How? But the key isn't just looking at all the pieces. Because this is what we do. We spend our lives looking at the pieces, trying to fit them all together. How is that going to work? But if we do this and we don't do that, that's not going to work. And then this is going to happen. And then that's going to happen. And then we just circle and cycle over and over and over again. 
But instead of looking at all the pieces, this is the lesson. I got to fix my eyes on him. Notice I didn't say fix all the broken pieces. I said fix our eyes on him. Where are your eyes at today? See, a lot of us, we struggle with the past because our eyes are on the brokenness of our past instead of our eyes on the healer. The one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever that can bring healing to the broken pieces. He can bring healing to the hurts in our lives. See, he's not a master that serves you. We serve him as master. We serve him as Lord. And this is what I mean. He has to be Lord of all the pieces. And many times he's Lord of that piece of my life and that piece of my life. But will I allow him to be the Lord of all the pieces of my life? Come on, all the pieces of my life. See, a lot of times when we have issues, we want the Lord to come work on that issue. This is the piece, Lord, right here. Don't worry about all these other pieces of my life. This piece right here. This is the biggest piece that I struggle with, Lord. So this is the piece that we need to talk about. And the Lord's like, mm, let's do it. Let's do this piece. No, Lord, this piece is yellow. Yellow means danger. Let's work on this piece. He says, no, I want to work on this piece. I want to work on this piece of your life. But Lord, I've really been praying about this piece. I know we've been praying about this piece. But if we work on this piece, it's going to bring change to that piece. He can redeem the broken pieces. He can restore the lost pieces. He can revive the lost pieces. He can write your story. And you don't have to be ashamed of your story. Here's why. Because it's not finished yet. It's not finished yet. See, we've, we've told ourselves it's over. You're 23 and it's like it's over. Package didn't happen. It's not over. It's not over. Uh, we were in our essentials class this week and we were talking about a little bit about testimonies. And I shared that when I became a youth pastor, we would go to these youth conferences and hear these speakers and they would share their stories. And I mean, some of these guys, I mean, they were some, they were some bad dudes. Little hellcats, man. Doing all kinds of stuff. Drugs and like crime kind of stuff and I'd sit in these conferences and it was always incredible to hear the story and I thought I don't have that story I, I didn't really feel too good about it isn't that something the Lord had put me in a home where I was raised in church to follow Jesus to live for the Lord go to youth group, become a leader in a youth group, like all those things that we really, really want for our kids, that happened to me. And I'm a youth pastor, and I'm feeling insecure because these other guys that didn't do that got a more dangerous story than I had. What's wrong with me, right? Some of you are like, that's exactly what we're wondering right now.
And I had to pray about it. I'm just being real. I had to pray about it because I didn't feel like my story was strong enough. Think about that. How is someone going to relate to the struggles of a, uh, of a kid that the, I mean, okay, so I cussed in high school. Some of y'all still cussing. I, I wrestled with it. Because even though there was a blessing on a lot of the pieces in my life, I need y'all to hear this, there were still things that were broken, that were messing with me, with what God had for me. It just came in a different form. And even though the struggle wasn't public, it was private. And the insecurity of being able to stand in front of a group of people and tell the story of what God's done in my life in comparison to somebody else's story. Because I was seeing it as a package. And I wasn't the package that they were. Come on. I didn't have the kind of ministry package that they had. And so could my package be as effective as theirs because I didn't have the kind of story they had. But what I did have was a piece. I had a piece. And the Lord gave me another piece. And the Lord gave me another piece. And just spend my life putting together all of these different pieces. And they didn't come all at once. They came at different times. And there were broken pieces. There were lost pieces. There were some really challenging pieces. Some really heavy pieces all along the way. But when you put it all together, it begins to build something. And instead of it looking like a package, it looks a little bit more like God's plan. And i got to share this today because so many people are just wanting God to come and bless their package. Come and bless the pre-packaged plan that I have for my life, that I have for my kids. And when God doesn't do it, what is wrong with God? Why isn't He making this come forth? It's probably because this is not who He created you to be. David said it like this. And consider this. Consider this about King David. King David did some stuff with his life. He killed a giant. He became a king. He had a legacy kind of kingdom. But that dude had some issues. He had some family issues. He had some personal issues. He had a lot of ladies in his life. He had a lot of issues. But God put together the pieces because he trusted him. He trusted God. It doesn't look storybook and it doesn't look pretty. But what you do see is the image of God and what God does in his life. There's stories all across this room and it's legacies that are being written through brokenness. He gives beauty for ashes. Come on, somebody needed to hear this today. There's stuff going on in your life right now that you can't even comprehend why it's happening. And God is just using it to build you, to build your family. You're like, but it doesn't look like somebody else's. I want our family to look like theirs. No, you don't. You want your family to look like him. And in order for that to happen, you've got to be conformed into his image. Your spouse has to be conformed into his image. And your kids got to be conformed. And i got to say this, because if we're, not, uh, if we're not careful, instead of passing a godly legacy on our kids, we'll try to pass this on to them. You need to look like this. You need to be this. And we will stress them out. In the, in the formative years of their lives to become this while we struggle with who we've been trying to become because this ain't working. 
Come on, anybody getting something out of this today? Some of us are rethinking some things right now. Pastor Andre, I thought of this today. You didn't realize the Lord was going to add this into your story when he said, let's step into a new season of being an entrepreneur. You didn't realize it. But it was just pursuing the Lord's plans that the door opened. Brought a lot of craziness to the last season of your life. But it's bringing you into a new place that you didn't know that you could ever get to. That's opening more doors for you to be who God wanted you to be in those places. And this, this is so true for so many of you in here today. And that's why I feel such a conviction about sharing this. Because God isn't just trying to build your life. He's trying to build a legacy with your life that is worthy of being followed for generation after generation after generation. That someone's going to remember you and remember your life and say, you know what they were? They were faithful to the Lord. You know what they were? They allowed the Lord to build something in their life that lasts beyond their wealth. They were wealthy in some areas that money can't even afford. Come on. And listen, make some money. Give to the church. Do all those things. Please do. Amen. But in the pursuit of all those investments, don't overlook the investment that the Lord has been making in your life through all of these different pieces. And that's where I want to finish. Because God has taken all of these pieces and he's building your life. And what if the missing piece is him? What if the missing piece in your life is actually, well, Pastor Wade, I'm saved. Great. But do you realize the entirety of what God wants to do in your life? That it isn't just so that you can be sorry and no longer have your sins counted against you, but so that you can step into who he always wanted you to be. This was the last part of the illustration I wanted to show you today. See this right here? When you were a kid, you wanted this piece. This is the Lego plate. Because you can build all this stuff all you want, but guess what? It's going to fall and it's going to break. But this piece, this piece holds it all together. This piece is the foundation that we build on so that when all the pieces come together, they stay in place. And so many of us, we're trying to build. And, and, and watch this. See, this is, this, Jesus is a big piece of my life. He's a big piece of my life. So, so we got all our pieces over here, and let's just add him as another piece of my life. And Jesus ain't your side piece. He's the foundation that you build your life on. And, and, and I got to bring this check to us today. I got to check us on this because we're building our lives on careers and we're building our lives on images and we're building our lives. Come on, families, we're building our lives on our kids instead of building kids with our lives. It's not a foundation. There is no other foundation that's going to stand the storms 
See, when the storm comes and there's no foundation, the house will be in pieces. But if there's a firm foundation, the house will stand. And with all the different pieces of your life today, put them on Jesus. That's what the cross was. He took all the broken pieces of mankind. He took it upon himself on the cross. And he paid the price for all of it. So there could be new life. So there could be redemption. So there could be salvation. So there could be healing. Come on, y'all coming with me on this? All of the things that we need so much for all of the brokenness, all the loss, all the missing pieces was accomplished whenever it was put all on him. And why do we think now that we can build our lives without him and just get him to come and bless it? Build it on him. Build your life on him, a solid foundation. And as you get the pieces, the different pieces, whether it's a good piece and I really needed that piece or if it's a piece that you were not expecting, put it on him. I'm bringing it back to the foundation. That's why I'm not shaken. Even though this piece is happening, I'm not shaken because I've got a firm foundation. Come on. I've got a firm foundation. And so no matter what the peace is, I still have peace. Because i got a foundation. This is, I said all that to say this one line. Jesus is the foundation for your legacy. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Today as we finish, if you're here and your life hasn't been built on Jesus, maybe you built it on religion, maybe you've been prepackaging, trying to, fulfill an image God doesn't want an image of you he wants you he doesn't want a copy he wants you today I encourage you to give your life to Jesus surrender your life completely to him not just pray a prayer but give your life to him and I want to lead us in a prayer and this is just an introductory prayer to the Lord my hopes is that you will follow Jesus Not just say a prayer, but follow Jesus with your life and let him direct how the pieces come together. Repeat this prayer with me today. Say, dear Lord, thank you for your love that is so great for me that you went to the cross to pay the price for all of my wrongs so that I could be made right in you. Today I give you my life. I put my faith and trust in you as my Lord, as my Savior, as my leader. I give you all the pieces of my life and I ask you to build me into the image of who you want me to be so that my life reflects you. So I choose now. I will follow you. I trust you with all the pieces. Make me who you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I want to meet you after service. Maybe it was your first time. Maybe this was a recommitment to Christ. Cynthia and I are heading to the hub as soon as I pray and dismiss. I'd like to meet you. I'd like to talk with you for a moment.
help you with your next steps. Before we wrap up this morning, I want us all to stand to our feet. There's a lot of pieces in this room. And I want to say this to our church today. Something the Lord spoke to me while I was putting this message together. I felt like the Lord told me He's putting all the pieces in place for our church. I need, you, I need you to hear this today. I'm not trying to just give you some, some positive motivation today. I, I want to tell you what I really believe the Lord is showing me. And the Lord is putting together pieces, meaning you had to be here. You were supposed to be here because there are pieces of your life that the Lord has been working on, working in, and working through that's going to affect the pieces of other people's lives. That's going to help bring together pieces that they don't know how to bring together. The Lord's using the pieces of our lives to build something incredible. And, and, I, and I want to share this because I pray the prayer every day the Lord will give us a building. I do. But this is what the Lord showed me this week. He said, I am giving you a building. I'm building something in you that will outlast any structure that will ever be built. That's not a deflection away from wanting a building, by the way. I just want to be clear. If you got one, we'll talk today. But I don't want us to pursue just a piece of what church is and miss the reality of what God's trying to build in the church. He's putting together the pieces. He's putting together the pieces of your life. And everything that you've been walking through, there's a purpose for it. I don't like it. I know. I don't like some of that stuff. But there's a purpose for it. And God's working in it. And can we just get our eyes on Him? Can we get our eyes on Him and see what He's going to do? Because He's not finished. He's turning it around. Amen? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the words you spoke. Let it give us so much perspective to reconsider some things this week and as we live our lives to see that there are pieces that you put in place that were necessary. And right now we don't see it. But I thank you, Lord, that when we look back, we'll see how your hand was on it all the time. You were working in it. And Lord, as we walk out those doors today, keep working. Keep working in us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.